the Library Fugitives, a support group for people who get lost in the stacks. I'm Molly. And I'm Lindsay. And every episode, we let the Encyclopedia pick our subject. This week, we'll be talking about paranormal romance. I'll be talking about Obsidian by Jennifer L. Armentrout. And I'll be talking about Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. All right, so Obsidian. Now, according to me and the main character, Katie Schwartz, starting over sucks. My version of starting over includes spending three years getting a degree that I won't be using for the foreseeable future, graduating mid-2020, and taking two years to find a semi-stable part-time job that doesn't make me want to yeet myself off of a cliff. Fun. I know. Also, fun little Twilight reference there. Molly hates Twilight, so she's rolling her eyes at me right now. Um... Anyways, Katie's version of starting over involves a bit more of the paranormal, but she isn't really aware of that at first. When she and her mother moved to West Virginia before senior year, Katie figures that the next year would be more boring than anyone could imagine. That is, until she sees her new neighbor, who is one of those stereotypically hot love interests. He's got the dark hair, the bright eyes, and he seems like a complete douchebag. Uh, you mean Edward from Twilight? here's the thing. Um, this has been compared to Twilight a little bit. We're going to have a fun game later Oh God! to go over. But seemingly doesn't quite cover how much Damon has an attitude. Damon? His name is Damon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's constantly taunting Katie, and he calls her the most shudder-inducing pet name I've ever heard in YA fiction. Kitten. Oh, <laughs> YA fiction? I don't even like that in adult fiction. It's gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. Anyways, circumstances reveal that Damon and his sister Dee are no average humans. Damon and Dee. Mm-hmm. They're aliens from the lost planet called Lux, which is Latin for light, we learn in the book. Um, no and shit, Sherlock. Right? And Katie gets more than she bargained for when she was... For a semi-exciting senior year. Uh, bummer of bummers. We're about to get into the spoilers. So just letting you know. Now we kind of start off on a pretty low note. Because we get the reveal that Katie's dad died of cancer back in Florida. Which prompted her mom to move north in search of a hometown. That doesn't have reminders of her dead husband around every corner. Fun. As you would. Um, it's true what they say. It's really not safe to be a parent in fiction. No, not at all. I mean, it that here's the thing. That generally seems to only apply to like good parents, I've noticed, because if you have the trope, it's either you're gonna have a dead good parent, a shitty parent, or a parent that's often because like absent because of work, you know? Yeah, you know, I get a lot of that from Buffy. It's like Buffy's got a shit dad. Her mom tries her darndest, but she's taking care of two kids, you know. So gotta work total Buffy stand here. Hate Twilight. Can't stand it. <laughs> Love. Absolutely adore Buffy. Can't stand Joss Whedon. Hey, hey, can we get tangent. back to Sorry. my book? Sorry. Before we go off on Buffy, we can talk about that maybe hey. in another episode. Sorry, ADD tangent. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. Katie manages to hit the dead parent and the working parent because her mom's constantly working long shifts at the hospital, which is presumably how Katie manages to get away with half of the things that happen in this book. Ugh. The other half her mother actually pushes her to do, including making her first introduction to Damon, which goes as you might expect. Katie's initial nerves upon being greeted by her shirtless neighbor, 
fade when Damon compares her to, and this is a direct quote, a vacant-eyed doll. This is YA? Uh Uh-huh. Luckily, his sister Dee is a lot easier to get along with. She helps Katie with gardening, despite weird warnings from Damon. Warnings that only serve to add to Katie's confusion, especially considering Katie later gets mugged by a strange man and saved by Damon with a bunch of flashing lights. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you again because not only is this reading Twilight, this is reading Roswell. I'm telling you, I don't know. It's so fun, though. Oh, but you know those flashing lights? Damon was like, hey, that was totally lightning. Don't worry about it. Don't ask me about it. And it lightning seems to happen a lot around Damon. There's like a mid-hike encounter with a bear where lightning scares it away. Um, but that's what Damon tells Katie after she passes her out. Uh, so, you know, he's just mildly gaslighting her the whole time. Fun. Fabulous. Uh, things kind of come to a head when Damon inevitably says something incredibly offensive to Katie and uh, causes her to run off through the dark woods trying to find her way out. So, so So chivalrous. Uh Yeah. Oh, but, you know, we're about to get to chivalry, kind of. Still his fault, though. Uh, When Katie does get out of the forest, she runs straight onto a highway and in the path of a semi-truck. And uh, everything freezes. And I'm not talking about Oh, moment of panic, everything goes slow-mo. No, no. Damon actually freezes the truck in time, and Katie is so shocked that she actually lets him explain instead of having a panic attack. Um, Turns out that Damon's family came to Earth 15 years ago from the planet called Lux, which is 10 million light years beyond the farthest galaxy from Earth. Uh, Luxon can have human forms, but their natural forms are made of pure light. But, you know... Katie didn't really mind that too much, and uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, it takes her some processing, but she only fights Damon for about three minutes after the discovery before she lets him explain. I would have been in shock for like weeks, uh, minimum, right? But it's YA. I mean, the YA girls are a different breed. <laughs> I mean, even in high school, in high school, I would have waited longer, right? I was so scared of everything in high school. Katie is not. Um, There is one downside that both she and I agree on. Damon had to use a large amount of his power to save her from the truck, which left a trace on her visible only to Luxon and their sworn enemies, the Arum. I, oh, this is Twilight meets Roswell. It really is. Now, the Arum were the ones that destroyed the planet Lux as they wanted to steal the powers that the Luxon had. Uh, not the stopping time and manipulating light to cool things isn't understandably awesome, but the Aram take things way too far. As in, if they catch Katie because of the trace on her now, they will try to use her to get to the Luxon. By any means necessary. Shit. Which means that Katie must now stick around Damon until the trace fades. Which seems a little counterintuitive. Like, it's like, you can't let the Aram know where we are. They can see your trace. But let's pretend they can't see your trace with when you're with us. That's one I part mean, of Yeah, totally loophole. It's not because we want to make Katie and Damon have sexual tension and make out. Yeah, but I mean also she could just be around them and that could be covering things, but I I'm also trying to make sense of a YA romance novel, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only do they have to hide from the Aram, but they can't let the mother freaking Department of Defense it's Roswell. <laughs> know that Katie is aware of the Luxon's existence. This is Roswell. Right? Um, so, cool. But 
It's not making me any more terrified of the government. <laughs> now, you might be wondering where the title of the book comes from, Molly. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, well, it's actually kind of straightforward. Turns out that obsidian is the only weakness that the Aram have, so Damon keeps a dagger of it around, and um, Katie ends up using it in a minor brush with the Aram. I say minor in quotes because only one Aram dies technically, but Katie literally ninja jumps onto his back wearing a formal full-length dress. Okay, uh, question. Mm-hmm. Did she have superhuman powers? No. Before? Okay. No, she has no powers. The, uh, At this point. Anyways, we'll get to that. What? Uh, this is the last time that Katie encounters the Aram. Damon and some of the other Luxon community go to hunt them while Dee is left behind to babysit Katie. Katie convinces Dee to brighten the trace around her so Katie can lead the Aram into a trap, but they don't really tell anyone about it beforehand. So how is it, how well prepared can you be if you're just driving out in the middle of nowhere? I mean kind of stupid and it's no wonder that katie literally like almost gets killed by the aram before damon and d can arrive there's this weird moment where a bolt of light connects damon and katie to heal her but then she manages to expand the light on her own and uses it to explode the aram um yeah all of that in 320 pages Y'all can't see the face I'm making, but I, I've i read some pretty stupid YA in my time. And, um, yeah, that's up there. Uh-huh. Anyways, it, it definitely was very fast and then ridiculously slow and dragging pace at times. So it was a little bit of whiplash. But I enjoyed having a paranormal novel that doesn't put money directly into Schmephany Schmeyer's pocket. Uh, speaking of which... Time to get to that little game I told ah, you about, Molly. Crap. We are going to play Twilight or Obsidian, a game where Molly tells me which book a plot point happened in. Just for reference, I tried to read Twilight, didn't really manage it, never even heard of Obsidian. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is just going off of vibes. Um, the main character moves from a very hot place to a very green, very rainy place. Both. Correct. The main character loves gardening. That would be Obsidian. Mm -hmm. The main character is referred to as a spider monkey. Uh, Twilight? Yes. Better hey. hold on tight, spider monkey. Oh, God. <laughs> so stupid. There's a reason I never made it through that book, y'all. Right? Okay. Uh, there's an angry blonde character that the love interest's inner circle hates in the... Okay, no. There's an angry blonde character in the love interest's inner circle that hates the main character and wants to avoid her. Obsidian? It's both. <laughs> and we love Rosalie in this house. She's great. I, um, I forgot Rosalie was blonde. Stephanie Meyer did her dirty. Anyways, the main character dumps spaghetti onto her love interest when he embarrasses her in front of her school friends. That would be Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character gets kidnapped by a rogue enemy and forced to uh, get her legs broken. Obsidian? It's Twilight. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the main character is very into books, has an extensive bookshelf, and constantly compares her love interest to characters from the books she reads. Both? Yep. Um, and finally, the most important one, the main character definitely should have ended up with the love interest bubbly fashion-minded sister obsidian it's both 
Come on, Bella and Alice, Katie okay. and Dee. I don't like Twilight. Okay, you need to get into fan and Twilight because we all shit on canon Twilight all the time. There's so many good fan fictions out there that do not focus on Oh no, the I, whole... I realize this. I just, the source material disgusts me so much <laughs> that I just can't focus. Okay. Um, I've only ever been able to watch the first Twilight movie with the riff tracks. I've only ever made it past chapter five in Twilight using the Sporkings. Okay, so if there's ever a category where we talk about books we hated or did not finish, that's probably going to be what you're going to talk about, I bet. Probably. Okay, well. I mean, there's been, I will say that there are books I DNF because I just am not vibing with them. And there are quite a few, but I have tags online. I have one specifically for Twilight. It's not Twilight because I can't, I don't even like that word on my blog. Uh, but, uh, I have tags for books and then, but not books. And there are two books that fall into that category. Well, two book series. And that would be the Twilight series and the Fifty Shades series. Oh God. We're not even going to get, that was, that was fan in Twilight. It was okay. It, it, mm -mm, mm -mm. because it focused on Edward and Bella. I'm talking about, let's not focus on the two worst characters i was gonna say that'd be a really good series if they focus on anyone other than oh okay anyway anyways um so yeah there's a reason why i came up with that game and it's because there's so many similar things as molly and i reiterated throughout me talking about the book no it's a good thing because like i said sometimes you just want a trashy paranormal romance and i say trashy in terms of it's fun it's ya you get a little bit of silliness you get that general thing that appeals to teenagers and i was able to devour this very quickly sometimes you just need a palate cleanser book and obsidian fits the bill and like i said don't have to give money to stephanie so hey it's fun and if you're ever looking for a cute little paranormal romance that you can read in like a couple of days good choice so this week i'm going in the complete opposite direction of the book i did last time okay uh still werewolves vampires um but there's a love angle rather than you know a polyamorous triangle Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of alpha males which was specifically not what we were going for in the last book you're saying they are are they perhaps assholes sometimes well kind of okay so if they're assholes sometimes and they're alphas could you call them alpha holes i mean an argument could be made uh, <laughs> I'm so full of shit. I'm sorry. This is your thing, and I'm hijacking it right away. Go ahead. Well, I definitely hijacked yours, so it's fine. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, you talked about Buffy for like five minutes. Five. It was more like thirty seconds. It's it fine. was like two minutes. Anyway. Uh, the book I chose this week is Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. Uh, Moon Called is about uh, Mercedes, the VW mechanic. Okay. Like Volkswagen. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Mercedes the VW mechanic, uh, a half Native American coyote shifter. Uh, she uses the term skinwalker in the book, but explains that she is not the evil witch normally associated with that term that uses a skin to change. It's just that she was born with this one moment she's human, the next she's a coyote. Uh, the book opens with Mercy under a car, realizing that there's a strange werewolf standing next to her. Because that's just how the book opens with a werewolf. So we're like, okay, instantly, paranormal, love it. 
she knows everyone in the local Alpha's pack, mostly to stay out of their way, because wolves kill coyotes in their territory, but also because the lord of all the werewolves in North America, aka the Maroc, asked the local Alpha to keep an eye on Mercy. So, of course, Adam Hoffman built his house basically next door to Mercy's trailer. This is like a McMansion. This is not a small house next to a trailer. That's major alpha hole vibes. Continue. <laughs> well, it's the pack house, you know. It's, it's not pack house. Okay. Anyway, uh, this new wolf is young, and she hires him on at her shop so she can figure out how to get him to Adam. She hides him in the VW bus that belongs to her vampire friend, Stefan, uh, one that's painted to look like the mystery machine. We are later told that vampires are kind of like the mob, and you pay them protection, and they don't kill you. Uh, Mercy can't afford to pay them, so instead she works on Stefan's bus and cars for the local seed, run by Marcilla, who's the vampire queen. Love a vampire queen. Yeah, love a vampire queen. Uh, Mercy later tells us that, yes, the fae do exist, and that the reason she owns the shop is because the Grey Lords, which are the ruling council of the fae, told her boss, Z, which is Zebold Edelbert Smiter, uh, and I definitely did not pronounce that right, because it's German and... Yeah, I, just say Z moving forward. Yeah, it's I do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that it was time to announce his presence as a gremlin, which is a completely made-up fay, by the way. Gremlins didn't exist until World War II. Uh, but he sold her the business so that it wouldn't go out of business or be attacked, because uh, fairy Nazis people. Nazis that hate fairies. Like actual Nazis? Basically. It's, it's a pretty thinly veiled allegory. Okay. Uh, the Fae were actually, they came out in the 80s. They brought themselves to light so that they could get <clears throat> reservations and, and be safe because they were driven out of their original homes by cold iron and all that jazz. So this is kind of where we're at. The Fae have been out for a few decades. Uh, the vampires are most definitely not out. And we will later see where the werewolves stand on that. Uh, Mac, who is the new wolf, comes back the next day, and that night Mercy overhears a conversation between Mac, a human, and another wolf so new that he's moonstruck half crazy. Uh, werewolves can change at any time in this series, uh, but when the moon is full, new wolves can't control it unless they have a powerful alpha nearby. Mercy, in coyote form, manages to kill the nearly unkillable wolf due to a lucky strike of the fangs and the fact that the strange wolf doesn't know that if he stops the bleeding, like, just with his hand, he'll heal. He's so new, he has no idea. Uh, Mercy finally gets Adam to her garage, uh, with no sign of the strange human, uh, by telling him that there's a dead wolf in the building, she killed it, and hanging up the phone. That got him there quicker than anything else. Uh, Adam brings Mac into the pack, pays the local witch, Elizaveta to take care of the body and the evidence. Then Adam's daughter, Jessie, comes to stay with Mercy briefly during the pack meeting that Adam calls. Wait, he has a daughter. He has a daughter. So we're going to get into that. Um, but after Jessie goes home, Mercy goes to bed until she hears a car drive off very loudly. Uh, and she was trying to go back to sleep, but then her cat, Medea, who I love Medea, she's a bobtail cat, mm -hmm. uh, most cats don't like werewolves or coyotes for whatever reason. Uh, but Medea just doesn't care. Um, but Medea decides she wants to go out and is making herself known loudly, which I can relate. Mm -hmm. Because I was about to kill Gidget this morning. She was singing the song of her people at 4 a.m. 
and she is a pretty angel and you must let her do whatever she wants. I chucked her out the room. I said, if you're going to be that way, get out. <laughs> uh, uh, for the record, I'm sure Molly didn't actually hurl Gidget from the room. I didn't, I didn't like throw her bodily. I definitely tossed her gently. Okay. Slightly. She landed on all four feet. She's Slightly fine. Slightly better than what I was imagining when you said I chucked her out of the room. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Mercy goes to open the door to let Medea out, only to find it won't open. Mac's dead body is on her porch. Mac's already dead? Mac has just died. Jesus. Uh, something bad has definitely happened at Adam's, because there would not be a dead Mac on her porch unless something bad had happened at Adam's. So she grabs her foster father's gun, uh, takes it over to Adam's house, kills the wolf that Adam is fighting while he's in wolf form, and then realizes that Adam is very nearly mortally wounded and his daughter is missing. Wasn't she babysitting his daughter? She went home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they had the big pack meeting. Okay. Everybody left. Jesse went home. Okay. Uh, something in Mercy's gut tells her that she can't trust Adam's pack. There's just too many little things that are adding up. Uh, but the only wolves that are strong enough to keep Adam under control while he's healing are the Maroc or one of his two sons. Mm -hmm. One of those sons, Sam, had meant a whole lot to Mercy many, many years ago. And she was hurt sent away by his dad to protect a 16-year-old Mercy from a many hundreds of year old wolf who only thought she could give him children. So female werewolves can't carry to term. They can get mm -hmm. pregnant, but when they're forced to shift at the full moon, they lose the baby. Okay. So a werewolf can only have children with a human woman. Um, and even then, she loses 75% of the babies because the werewolf genetics just try to shift at a full moon and it just, nothing's good. Um, but uh, Samuel thinks that because wolves and coyotes can interbreed in the wild, he could successfully have children with Mercy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that that's a whole... Wait, was like, he gonna, like, in, in their in their animal forms, he was gonna no, try to breed? No, it would just be normal human, but Mercy went three years once without shifting to coyote. Okay. But if she felt the baby shift in her stomach, she could shift to coyote. Okay. So that was his thinking behind that. Okay. Uh, but the only way to make sure that Adam survives, she's gotta return to the Merrick's pack, face Sam and his dad Bran again. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, while she's there with the Marox pack, Mercy finds out that Bran is planning to take the wolves out public like the Fae had done decades earlier. The werewolves are all but an open secret to the government at this point, and it's time to come out before they're forced out. Hmm. And then, you know, like, hunted. Because, again, fairy Nazis. Yeah. Uh, Adam survives, and Mercy's old flame Sam, a many times over doctor and a super strong werewolf, uh, comes along to keep him, you know, surviving. Uh, Mercy and Sam take Adam to the house of the only wolf she really trusts in the pack right now. Adam's third, the gay werewolf Warren. We love a gay werewolf, Yes, obviously. we do. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, werewolves don't. They tend to be very, very sexist and homophobic. So he's very rare and very strong because he's had to fight off all these people that want to kill him just for being who he is. Mm. Uh, most of the pack managed to locate them. And Adam's second, Daryl and Warren are fighting before Adam and Sam come downstairs to break it up. During all of this, 
someone has figured out how to get a drug to work on werewolves because nothing works on them. Their bodies just heal too quickly. Because the way you become a werewolf is you have to almost die. You have to be dying for the werewolf virus to slip past your immune system and turn you into a werewolf, and then you heal. Okay. But it's very hard to survive that, just period. So most of the people who get turned into werewolves don't make it. Um, but by experimenting on people like Mac, new, newly turned wolves, that are forced to be turned, which is not a thing that should be happening under the Marox rule, uh, they figured out that if you mix silver nitrate with ketamine and DMSO, it manages to get into their system because the silver cancels out their werewolf powers. Mm -hmm. The DMSO transfers the ketamine from the silver nitrate to their bloodstream and it can knock them out. Okay. So they're also getting silver poisoning on top of all of this. But Jesse is still missing and no one can figure out where or why. Mercy takes Samuel and goes to the vampire seethe to find answers. New supernatural creatures have to pay the seethe when they come into the area and it seems like a good place to start. While there, Mercy learns something. There used to be a lot more walkers, but when the vampires were banished to the New World, so they were in the Old World, banished mm -hmm. to the New World, they found out that walkers could kill them. So the vampires killed all of the walkers first. So after Mercy manages to stand up to the vampire queen, she gets the information she's been looking for. And driving out to the area, she figures out who the traitor in the pack is, but it's too late. Adam is missing now. Who's the traitor in the pack? You're not... I'm not revealing that. That is something that you're going to have to read. You can tell me later. There's multiple traitors. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I'm leaving out an entire plot line in this because it was just too much. Okay. When Mercy goes home, someone is there waiting for her. An old war buddy of Adam's. The Vietnam War, that is. Jesus. Vampire... Or werewolves are essentially immortal. Because their body just keeps healing them. They tend to settle in their mid-twenties, age-wise. Wolverine! Kind of. <laughs> um, he and... So David is this guy's name. Turned together, rather than get lucky like Adam and find a pack before his first change, David came home to find his wife ready to leave him for another man. The trauma of that forced his first change. Uh, and he killed her and her lover in front of his kids. Shit. Completely by accident, because he was not in control of his wolf. But unfortunately, it is what happened. Uh, so therefore, he's become a lone wolf. He doesn't have a pack, but his human group of mercenary retrieval specialists, um, they're all he needs. Huh. Uh, he'd been hired to talk to Adam, and the whole crew found themselves foobard. What is... Fucked up beyond all reason. Okay. It's a military term that is specifically used in the book, which is why I used it. Okay. <laughs> um, the wolf who created the drug had hired them, wanted them to convince Adam to fight the Maroc, stop him from bringing the wolves out to the public. But now they realize they're on the wrong side and want to fix the problem they helped create. David, his crew, and Mercy work out a plan to save Adam and Jesse and proceed to do just that. They get the two free using David's crew as inside men, and then Adam and Sam handle the true villain of the piece, which, again, I'm not going to reveal because that's just cheating. Okay. Uh, oh, and Mercy manages to stop a death spell aimed at Adam. Those shouldn't be possible to stop. Uh, magic apparently reacts oddly around her, which is part of her coyote-ness. Turns out, Elizabeth's grandson, Elizabeth is the witch. Okay. Grandson and her chosen successor was working with the bad guys. So 
witches, white or gray, which white witches use only their own pain. Mm -hmm. Gray witches use willingly given pain of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a bad tendency to go black. They're the ones that murder indiscriminately just because they want power. And white witches are hunted by black witches because they're huge sources of power. Uh, Gray witches tend to go gray to protect themselves. And then, you know, he just kind of went bad. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, in the end, uh, the wolf chosen to bring the werewolves to light is David, after he and his men rescue some kidnapped missionaries' children. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And then Samuel decides that he needs a break from the Marox pack, and he becomes Mercy's roommate. So that's where the love angle comes in, and we get... Samuel and Adam kind of both vying for Mercy's attention. Nice. Um, But it's really cool because there's two series that are kind of intertwined with this. There's the Mercy Thompson series. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Alpha and Omega series, which follows um, Bran's other son, Charles. Okay. Uh, There's actually two novellas and two full novels that take place between the last chapter of Moon Called and the epilogue of Moon Called. And only one of those follows David right before he's chosen to come out as the first werewolf mm-hmm. visible. And then the, uh, the other novella and the two novels are all Alpha and Omega. Hmm. Um, and by the time this episode actually goes to air, yeah. it's really cool. Uh, the newest book in the series, Soul Taken, will be out. So you need to catch up on the whole series if you can. Uh, there's a short story collection that's got all the short stories that take place in the mercy verse. Um, there's like 10 mercy novels and like six or seven alpha and omega novels, all fantastically written. Very, very I'm good. sorry. Every time you said alpha and omega, my mind goes straight to the Bible. <laughs> oh my God. See, you can no. tell we were both raised church kids. <laughs> yeah, that was not where my mind was going, but okay. Uh, but you, if you think that this series is for you, I definitely re- recommend catching up on it. It sounds fun to me. Yeah. So it would be fun to see what you get out of it, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can do like in the future, we can do future episodes where we go back and read books that the other one recommended and reviewed. And Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. All right, folks, it's that time again. We have to spin the Encyclopedia and figure out what our next episode's going to be. Woo! Ooh, guilty pleasures. I'm not guilty about most of my pleasures, so... I guess I'll just have to come to terms with that for the episode and go with what other people might consider guilty pleasures. I mean, yeah, hard, hard same. I'm not guilty about a whole lot about what I read, but yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. So fun. (laughs) And remember y'all stay safe in the stacks out there. Bye. up on social media we have a facebook and instagram a tiktok and a tumblr and all of those are at library fugitives we also have a gmail for when we start taking requests or reviews or 
just want to shoot the shit, uh, it is libraryfugitivespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.